Hello and welcome to A Couple of Goons podcast. It's the podcast where I, Neil Payne of 538, talk with my good friend Walt Hickey of Insider Hi. about hockey. Hey, Walt. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's this going is great. A- this is this is a pilot. This is a experiment. This is a we wanted to watch hockey this year, and one of us has done a lot of that in the past. And then there's another one in our conversation who has not done a lot of that. And <laughs> we wanted to find a way to kind of talk through some things that are going to happen. And we thought that other people might want to uh, to to listen to these things. Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's a good format to have someone uh, who is a grizzled veteran. Uh, in our in our goon pairing, and then also a uh, a rookie. I think that's that's fair to call you a rookie. You said you had decided to become a hockey to, guy this year. It is generous to call me a rookie. It is incredibly generous. Rookie implies that you are hired by an organization. Uh, it, it is a wonderful. I so yes, I uh, me and a colleague of mine, Tyler Laletta, decided that this year we would become hockey guys. Uh, the NFL is coming to a conclusion in, in a very short time. The hockey is just beginning and uh, hockey's on often. And, you know, it seems like it's I've got it on right now. I'm watching the, uh, the Leafs and the Oilers in a uh, very small postage stamp sized um, window on my, on my <laughs> monitor right now <laughs> next to us talking. So I, I wanted to be surrounded by hockey. Yes. And you've done, um, We'll get to the state of hockey analytics in a second, but but you've done uh, analysis in all manner of sports. You are 538's go-to guy and all this kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and I've also been a hockey fan since probably 1993. Uh, so, you know, I remember the last <laughs> time that a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. That was the last time, in fact. So my first year, I thought, oh, it's good. You know, Canadian teams are going to dominate this, which, to be fair, was the rule until 1993. And has mm-hmm. not been the rule since. Uh, right. But uh, this year could we we can get into it a little bit. But this year could change that. It's exciting to to see all of Canada's finest uh, clumped together in one division. Yes, although based on my understanding of how hockey works, most of Canada's finest is actually scattered throughout the league in America as well, too. Yeah, like in terms of the humans that were born the in humans, Canada, yeah, the they are definitely yeah. scattered to the to the four winds. Uh, and not and fun fact, not all of the players on the teams that are in Canada were actually born in Canada. So they're just kind of lucky, the, the, those guys. <laughs> Yeah, well, they are lucky from the perspective of being uh, comparatively much more insulated against the virus, uh, among other things. Not lucky in terms of winning the cup, but again, that could change. Anything can change. Um, So I guess we'll just kind of take a quick second to, so you've been a fan for many years and you are a fan of the state. Uh, This is a podcast, which is not a visual medium. And so people cannot grasp that you are currently wearing what I believe is a Flyers hat. Is that that right? is, yes. I, I have a Flyers hat. I figured I would kick off our pilot episode with uh, my favorite team and also a team that I knew would uh, get under your skin because we are goons as per the title of this podcast. And that means that we might drop the gloves at some point and uh, have, uh, maybe have a brawl at some point. I actually talked to you the other day about a brawl. We said, yeah. I, was, I was like, this is amazing. Um, I we forget what made- game it was in. We have many. It was, I believe, Detroit. Uh, and oh, that, that who, checks out. Yeah, <clears throat> and we'll get to we'll get to the drop the gloves portion later, which is going to be a recurring segment on this. Podcast. Oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Uh, so you have been uh, so you're a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers. 
Yeah, I mean, I tend to be a fan of uh, Philly teams. Just, uh, you know, I lived there for a long time. I was living there when we first met, actually. Yeah. Uh, when we first started at 530, I was taking the uh, the good old Amtrak uh, Northeast Regional back and forth uh, a few times a week uh, from Philly to, to New York before I moved uh to New York. So yeah, I tried to keep the, the Philly spirit alive. And uh, again, it was a little bit of a troll move. I think I might wear a different hockey hat uh, yeah. each episode uh, for this purely <laughs> audio um, medium that we're engaging in. Yeah, no, it's going to be huge for the fans. Um, but I do. So also the Philadelphia Flyers are the autoclave that created Gritty. Do I have that right as well? Oh, yeah. No, He's I mean, the, that like, is, I think that's the gift that uh, the Flyers gave to the sports world um, and, and a gift that will be everlasting, I think. Because I, he honestly, is like an eldritch um, creature, I think. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've done a lot of stuff in the past about, again, at, when we were at 538, like there's, you know, what team should folks pick if they are trying to get into soccer, things like that, if trying to get into this. Um, I'm sure that like there are other folks who are potentially listening to this who, like me, are just entering into the rink. Yeah, see what that. Hey, that's what people, yeah, that's, you that's lacing what, up the state. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm doing that, too. Um, I guess I have decided to take the coward's way and just pick the team from where I am from, uh, which is. Uh, New York. And so I've decided to select the Rangers. The more that I've Googled this information, the more that I've understood the magnitude of the choice that I've made. Um, What's your view? Did I make a good choice? Well, I mean, I think you made a good choice for the potential of this particular team uh, mm-hmm. over, you know, the next handful of years because they got Alexis Lafreniere, the first pick in the draft. In fact, they sort of double dipped. They were able to make the playoffs or whatever we called that that sort of intro thing yeah. uh, in the bubble last year, and they lost of course. Uh, and that meant that they were able to be eligible for the second draft lottery, which they then won and got the number one overall pick. Uh, which I saw is, that. That doesn't feel yeah. like it should be allowed. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that there, uh, it, it was a weird circumstance anyway. I don't think most people even sort of knew what was happening with the, with the double lotteries and all of that stuff. But um, I, I definitely think they got lucky and they also have, a lot of other good players and a lot of great names on this team. I think you'll find if you if you scan up and down the roster of this particular Rangers team, you'll find Artemi Panarin, uh, who mm-hmm. is the bread man, Panarin Ooh. bread. You see what they did that there? I like. uh, yeah. You also have uh, Mika Zabanajad. That's a good name. Anytime you yeah. can get Z, like a name starting with Z. There's Capo Kako. Yeah, a lot yes. of energy there. You want to have a lot like, of the last player listed i went to the subreddit which was like again like like attempting to read mesopotamian but like they were all talking about kako oh everybody's been obsessed with kako for a long time i mean like comparatively he's still just 19 i think um but they've been (laughs) waiting for him to kind of have like big games and i think he scored uh a couple nights ago uh which was exciting for everyone. And then they have Igor Shesterkin, who is sort of the heir apparent to uh, Henrik Lundqvist. You'll probably want to know that name also, one of the yes. greatest goalies in history. Name. That name I know. I've I've walked past Madison Square Garden enough time to know that man's name. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, if, if he has not been banned yet or banished to parlor, uh, probably don't read Tony D'Angelo's um, social media accounts if you want to sort of keep any kind of opinion of uh, whether he belongs on that team or not. Yeah, sure. Just a just a FYI. Sir, I'm a Yankees fan. I have absolutely no qualms about looking the other way. Um, hey, there you go. 
the uh, so this year is a weird year. Typically, there are three divisions. Is that right? And now there are four. Well, no, there right? were four, there were four last year, but the but there was um, a realign. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, well, they realigned in terms of who is in what division. Uh, so it, you and also they. I think they made the playoff format somehow less convoluted uh, because in the past uh, they had a situation where like the top two teams from each division would make the playoffs. And then the, the next two would potentially vie for the wild card. Let me actually, cool. let me potentially do a, a pickup to see if that's right. Uh, because it's so convoluted. Sure. I myself don't even necessarily remember how it usually works. Let's go back. to And just a roadmap. Once we're kind of done with the overview, we're going to talk about your, you've done analysis on the season. We want to talk about our expectations for this year. And yeah. so this will come in later when we talk about teams that are not necessarily the flyers or the Rangers about the playoff potential of these organizations. Yeah. Uh, but, but the way it used to be is there was a, a wild card set up um, and, and uh, they sort of broke off into these pods based on these divisions. Uh, and now they're sort of doing that, but everyone is sort of self-contained in their pod through the second round of the playoffs. So oh, wow. it's a little weird. It's a little like college football was in a lot of ways this year where we won't necessarily know the relative quality of any of the teams like compared with teams from other divisions because they never will play <laughs> each other. But yeah. we will have a really good idea about who is the best and worst within each division because they play each other, I think, eight times a piece, which is kind of an absurd number of times. There's also a lot of back-to-backs, sort of almost like baseball, where they've tried to plan it where you're, you're playing a series essentially against your opponents and then um you kind of move on to the next one but these teams will really get to know each other by uh by the time the second round of the playoffs are over they'll have only played like a group of another you know <laughs> like seven or eight teams or six or seven other teams or something like that that's really i mean that's sounds like from your kind of point of view as as a person who analyzes this stuff like having really really reliable data in terms of some parts of it and then absolutely like how do you make an elo out of the season if there's no interleague play well fun fact i was working on elo just to try to uh try to account for this in some ways because like yes we don't know uh inherently how good each team is outside of their division so one of the best ways that we could maybe guess at that and then use that to infer how good every other team is is just to use like an elo rating from the end of last season and then have that seed the preseason ratings for this year's teams uh, and use that as kind of a guide for you know who is playing better or worse than expected within those pods of the division so in some ways you almost have to use last year's numbers to get to ground yourself and then look at how teams have done this year relative to each other within the division. So it's, it's a challenge, though. And I wonder about the stats. I mean, we always kind of want to look at like, you know, player performance and be like, oh, you know, they did it against uh, NHL caliber players, no matter what, like, you know, uh, it, it kind of averages out. And if you're playing 29 or 30 other teams, then that's kind of true you know like you you might play a slightly easier schedule than than some other player and and that might make it easier for you to score more but here it's like if you play in the east division which is where the rangers are that's a much tougher division than the central which is a, a, a lot weaker and the you might get, in the central <laughs> right and it might be worth like if you're in that division and and uh you're a high scorer you it might be worth like some extra goals and some assists to you to be it just be, purely based on where they sort of arbitrarily decided to put you in the division 
Yeah, it's um. So it's a weird year again. So how is this season as long as other seasons, or is it a little bit shorter? Uh, yeah, it's a lot bit shorter. So it's a fifty-six game season. Um, even every last game year, counts. Every game <laughs> does count. Yeah, that's true. Um, the NHL has had seasons like this before. So, for instance, in nineteen ninety-five, uh, there was a lockout that. Uh, I think shortened it to 48 games. Uh, and then in 2012, there was another lockout, uh, 12, 13, a lot uh, that shortened it to like 60 games, I want to say. Uh, so th- they've had situations like this before. And of course, the 2004 slash 05 lockout shortened the season to zero games, which is another thing that we can talk about at, at, a, at another point. Huge for gauging interest in the NHL, as I understand. Oh, huge for gauging interest. Uh, and, you know, anybody can dominate in a sample size of zero games. Did you know I was tied for the <laughs> League lead in points that year. <laughs> That's amazing. I was as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's shorter because even last year with the pandemic, because they cut off in, in mid-March and then didn't pick it up uh, until like August or something like that. Uh, and when they did, those games counted as playoff games, even though not all of them were... Uh, counted toward the elimination of teams. Some of them were for the seeding, but those stats counted toward a playoffs uh, player's career playoff stats because why not? Why not make yeah. it as confusing as possible? But even sure. last year, they got about 70 uh, or 71 games in per team uh, before the season ended. So this will be like 15 games shorter this year than it was last year. And last year was a, a, a an abruptly ended, you know, prematurely ended season. Yeah, so... The thing that I'm definitely taking away from this is that this is a weird year, but because of the way that they're doing it, it's going to be really hard to measure how t- good teams are. And what you've done is you've looked at, in part, preseason play, rather, um, events. Yeah, that there was no preseason this year. Yeah, no, exactly. I was like, no, wait, that's the first thing to go. Um, but like uh, events that occurred before this season to try to gauge where folks are. Do you want to go um, division by division to kind of figure out wh- like where – the state of each one kind of hangs out. Do you want to, do you want to do that for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we can kind of look at where the projections were going in, or I'll, t- I'll talk about who I think the favorites were going into the season. And then we can look at the extremely, we can overreact to the far too early um, results so far and see uh, how any of that held up. I think. I mean, man, I don't know. This is at least 5% of the games. Like, what, what's the freak out of it? <laughs> that's actually true. And that's really, I think we saw this a lot in baseball, who had a 60-game season, which is pretty comparable, where it's like, this is not a marathon. This is a sprint. <laughs> and and I think that's especially true in hockey, where uh, it's just so random. Like, <laughs> you know, the uh, everything that happens, uh, the, the standings are really compressed anyway. Uh, and so you could end up with a really good team missing the playoffs, potentially, or kind of a mediocre team team making the playoffs and god god who knows maybe even winning the stanley cup so anything's possible this year yes. it's the year of dreams let's see i picked the right year to get into you hockey the so right year or the wrong because year you, we, we don't know yet um but know, yeah if but <laughs> it's manageable amount of stuff to watch uh That's i have true. cable now so i can turn on msg and it's just gonna be on like i don't like when i tried to get into soccer it was hard because i had to wake up at like the crack of dawn and go to a bar and hang out with a bunch of people who liked soccer and that nobody needs that it's just hard to do. Like I admire it and it's a fun game to watch, but like outside of the world cup, it, it, you can't like, there's no momentum. This it's on in normal times for the East coast. It's on a network that I inexplicably pay for that. I didn't choose to pay for, but Hey, here we are. And it's just like there. So like, this is, could not be a better season just to become a hockey guy. Yeah. I would also recommend NBC sports network. They tend to have hockey on 
practically every night, but especially are those on good, the good games, fun games to kind of. Uh, yeah, they tend to have the rivalry games uh, on on Wednesday nights, which uh, I don't know if this is going to be a recurring night that we record, but it certainly uh, is the is the night that we're recording tonight. So could be an interesting backdrop to things. Like I said, watching the watching a little bit of NBC Sports Network right now. But um, yeah, if we want to go through, so start with the central. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I said before the season, they had an 89% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, and they were sort of far and away the best team in that division. They were also the best team in the league the past couple of years. They won the cup last year. Uh, they made, they atoned for their incredibly embarrassing first round sweep, uh, kind of flop in the first round in, um, uh, the year before that, uh, and ended up being the champions. And so far, they look pretty good. They are 2-0, uh, and they've outscored their opponents by seven goals. Uh, they're sort of taking care of business uh, so far. Next team I, in the Central. I have a story. Oh, right. I, I've been to a Lightning game. It is, you um, have? Okay. I have. It, I've been to very few hockey games in my life, but I've been to a Lightning game. And the reason I, I rode crew in college, and we went down to Tampa to do our winter training. And I went to William & Mary, so all the people from William & Mary were all from D.C., and the Capitals were playing in Tampa that night. And it was like my first big hockey memory. Uh, obviously, I was 22 at the time. This isn't like a young... Like, it's but, not um, a childhood memory. You're like, child- ice, it was so, it was so yeah, shiny. I was drunk and I had worked out for eight consecutive days on water. Uh, no, but um, it was... a. Uh, it was great because I like what they had like one of those mid roll segments in the middle of the game that was just like, hi, I'm the center for this team. Here's my lovely wife. Here are my beautiful kids. Here's my charity. And like just a really nice thing. And then two minutes later, he and Alexander Ovechkin were punching the crap out of each other in the middle of the ice. <laughs> and that was my favorite hockey memory. You're like, that's how I originally became a hockey fan. It was great. It was, it was, it was lit. It was wonderful. Big fan. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So they, they're, they're looking good this year. They're looking pretty good. Yeah, the uh, the other team in a uh, couple teams in that division that I thought would be pretty good were the Carolina Hurricanes, who I almost feel like uh, still are a dark horse Stanley Cup uh, uh, contending type team, uh, and the Nashville Predators, another uh, you know solid good team, and so far. Carolina, they're they're two and one. They also are not going to play for the next. I think three or four days because they uh, have a COVID outbreak on their team, which is going to be a backdrop to this season uh, and just sort of unavoidable based on, you know, the way that uh, we're we're playing sports right now. Uh, And we've seen that in baseball and football uh, and basketball to a certain extent as well. So, uh, they're kind of on, on ice right now, no pun intended. Um, But (laughs) they've looked, you know, reasonably good so far. Nashville also two and one. So, you know, we, we should not overreact to three game samples, but all, all of the three teams that I thought were pretty good in that division um, have started out well. I should talk about the Dallas Stars because they're a team yeah. that they went to the finals last year. They lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now they're in division rivals, which is unusual. They're not normally in the same division together. I thought they played a little bit over their head uh, going to the cup uh, final last year. I, I know that um, one of my colleagues at 538 wrote a story about their goaltender being overrated, and then he immediately came out and had a, a great game, and uh, he got a lot of hate. <laughs> I think actually the Dallas Stars' own social team like retweeted that and like dunked on that, so not uh, not not our finest moment, but they ended up losing the um, the, the Stanley Cup. Uh, there's it's no hard like writing about culture and not sports because like a movie like 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 1917 is never going to dunk on my take after they lose an Oscar. <laughs> like, right. 
You're yeah. like, uh, try and do in this movie in more than one shot. Uh, come on, <laughs> man. Uh, so yeah, the, um, uh, the stars, they, they have some injuries. Uh, and I think that I thought that they were going to regress a little bit to the mean, to be honest, we don't know, uh, how they're going to do this season, even now, uh, more than a week, or I guess exactly a week into the season. Cause they haven't played yet. They also had to shut down their facility and, and, uh, postpone, uh, their first week of games because of COVID, but they're going to be back on the ice, uh, to debut this season on Friday. So we'll see uh, how they can do the rest of the teams in the division. Like, you know, the Florida Panthers might be interesting. They've started out two and Oh, uh, they also have a plus four goal differential. So they're doing okay. Uh, to start the year, uh, they were supposed Wait, to play how Dallas. Florida, have? Florida has a surprising number of hockey teams. That is another yes, <laughs> theme so like, yes, of all of this. Uh, yeah, the the Florida Panthers play in Miami, uh, and the Lightning obviously play in Tampa, uh, and I think those are the only two uh, Florida teams. But I mean, that's like more than maybe you would expect a um, a state like Florida to have. Yeah, question. Wait till we get to California. How many teams does Quebec have? (laughs) Yeah, they have. uh, They have just the one. They (laughs) they used to have more, but now. at least it was Colorado that poached their their old team, uh, the Quebec City team, not a team from Florida. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, the Blue Jackets also I would categorize in that group. And then I think probably the Central has uh, arguably the two worst teams or two of the worst teams in the league in the Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. The Blackhawks have sort of are just on the downside after they, they had a legitimate dynasty in the early part of the 2010s. Uh, but they, that team has sort of slowly eroded with the salary cap and you know, so forth, uh, That's their it. captain. Yeah, it happens. Uh, you know, we see that happen in, in hockey, probably more than other sports because they have a hard salary cap and it's difficult to kind of maneuver around it. Uh, and so the, their captain, Jonathan Taves, I think he opted out of the season. He's not even going to play, uh, but over, um, concerns around, COVID and then uh their their goalie of that dynasty, Corey Crawford, he was uh traded, I think, to New Jersey, but then he like never even played and retired before the season started. He was just like, I'm done, I'm out. So they're they're on the downside. Detroit has been one of the worst teams in the league the past few years. They've started out maybe surprisingly decent. They're two and two right now. But, you know, I'm a little skeptical that they uh, can kind of keep that up, but we'll see. So that was your central division primer. Uh I don't know if any other teams other than the ones that um, uh, the, the lightning that, that, you know, got a place in your heart early on in your hockey uh, fandom uh, jumped out. The Red, you, were the Red Wings hot in the nineties? Oh, they were very hot in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. They, they won uh, multiple cups. Yeah. Uh, but no, beyond that, none of them have really, uh, wait, uh, one of those was the heart for whalers, right? <laughs> well, the Carolina Panthers, uh, yeah. sorry, the Carolina hurricanes, I'm mixing my sports here. Uh, <laughs> the Carolina hurricanes used to be the Hartford whalers until about, I want to say 1997. Yeah. So as obviously a, like, you know, hipster post ironic, I'd like love the whalers. Like, love Oh, well, well, my <laughs> wife has a, a whalers, um, beanie hat. Let me see if I can. <laughs> Save it for episode 0002. Did you see how I titled this episode? Yeah, I oh. saw it. Here's a whaler's hat. Again, nice I'm one. holding it up to the camera. This is a podcast. No one can see it. Are this. those diamonds? Oh, my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, everyone has a, All hockey fans, I think, have a soft spot for the whalers and their incredible theme song, Brass Bonanza. <laughs> so... Uh. 
So that's the central. That's uh, central. Where do you want to go next? You want to go east or west? Yeah, let's talk about the east because I think the east is the best division, at least on paper. And again, we won't know. But uh, before the third round of the playoffs, but uh, it has a lot of name teams, teams that you look at and you're like, that's a good team. That team should be pretty good. Uh, The big four or five, uh, I'd say there's a big five in that division. Uh, The Boston Bruins, they were arguably the best team in the league during the regular season last year. Didn't quite perform in the playoffs. Their goalie uh, sort of, left the team in the bubble. He was having some, some personal um, uh, issues. And so he had to leave uh, and, and they sort of flamed out from there, but they, and they lost a lot over uh, the off season as well. Zdeno Chara, the tallest hockey man alive. Uh, they're a long time. They're, what's that? That's all we talking. Well, I think on skates, he's about six, nine. Wow, which is that's tall. tall. That's, that's tall. tall. Yeah. That's tall for yeah. hockey. Yeah. That's pretty tall for hockey. Um, he he played for the Bruins, was their captain for a long time. He's now with the Washington Capitals, also in this division. Nice, juicy storyline there. Uh, but the uh, the Bruins, they lost a lot, but they still have plenty of talent. Uh, interesting team to watch. Uh, and in the early going so far, uh, they're one one and one uh, they they have one win one loss and one overtime loss which does get you points because in hockey you get points for losing if you lose uh in an arbitrary way this is some soccer shit i'm gonna get used to it but like i'm not used to it i don't even think soccer does this i mean this is if you talk to uh og hockey fans uh such as myself uh you'll probably get a large number of complaints about the way that the standings are set up right now and the way that um, they reward teams for basically going to overtime. Like if you go to overtime, you will automatically get a point. And the rationale behind that was that they wanted teams to play aggressively uh, and, and not sort of take the air out of the, out of the puck and uh, play for a tie. So they got rid of ties. Ties used to be a thing. Uh, and, but one of the unintended consequences of this is that teams realized, well, if we take the air out of the puck from like the beginning of the game uh, and try to play for overtime, then we get a free point no matter what. And we might even win it. We might win if we, if we win an overtime or in a shootout. So they sort of, the NHL is all about unintended consequences of <laughs> arcane rule changes. And so that's one of them that, uh, you know, I'd love to see them change, but I don't think they're going to we'll change. We'll get to the arcane rule of the week later in the episode. Arcane but- rule of the week. That is going to give us a lot of ammunition over the yeah. course of this podcast. But anyway, yeah. uh, so the Bruins have been all right, you know, uh, maybe a little underwhelming to begin the season. Uh, the Washington Capitals, another team in that conversation because they added Chara. Uh, they were also supposed to add Henrik Lundqvist, but he uh, had to opt out of the season because of a heart issue. Uh, but so they're really relying on young goaltending, kind of unproven goaltending. But they still have Ovechkin. They still have a lot of uh, offensive talent, and uh, you know some name players that you might recognize. Uh, and uh, they're two zero and two to start the season. So that's two wins, no uh, regulation losses, and uh, two overtime losses. Uh, so. You know, they've acquitted themselves pretty well. I think they swept the penguin uh, or were they swept by the penguins? I'll have to do a pick. Can we do pick- <laughs> this? I, <laughs> or is that not, not yet. Not yet. We'll be okay. able to do that later. But uh, they were sw- they were swept know. by the penguins. That is a real time correction uh, happening there. But the this is just a conversation. It's not it it's is, not a yes. podcast. It's, it's like, yeah, we're, we're not looking for, you know, total accuracy here. We just want it to feel 
vaguely accurate. I want um, to be so, able to talk about things and, yeah. and not sound dumb. Not sound dumb. Yeah, that. exactly. Uh, I'll be the one sounding dumb here, which is uh, always a good p- uh, position uh, <laughs> I- I'm willing to take on. So, uh, yes, I mentioned the Penguins. They're also uh, one of the name teams in that division. And they're kind of coming down from a little dynastic run also. Uh, but they you know, still have Sidney Crosby. They still have Evgeny Malkin uh, going through a little bit of a goaltending transition with a guy named Tristan Jari. Another name for you uh, that, that you might enjoy. That's a hockey name. Uh, but they still have talent uh, and and should be an interesting team to watch. Um, and, and they're big time rivals with the Washington Capitals, which is nice. I mean, who isn't a rival between all of these teams? Because you also have the Philadelphia Flyers who are rivals with just about everyone. Uh, let's be honest. And they've yeah. come out really red hot. They're three and one. Uh, they've, they've been getting some uh, good performances from guys like Travis Konechny, Uh and their, their goaltending with uh, Carter Hart, uh, truly the best uh, goalie named Carter, I think in, um, in hockey history. Uh, so every team that you've mentioned so far, I've mentioned like, Oh man, that's a good team. I've heard about them winning a bunch of like one of them won in college. Like, Ah, that's a lot of good teams. There are at least three remaining teams in this in this in this division, right? Yeah, there's a bu- so there are a few teams in there that uh, that don't have as much of that winning tradition, or at least not recently. The Rangers are one of those teams. Uh, yeah. They they had the number one pick for at least some reason uh, based on last year. But again, I think they're an intriguing team right now. They're one and two, uh, and. You know, people were already saying if you want overcooked takes, the Rangers are the team to have that because they're already saying in their second game of the season against the Islanders after being pretty dominated by the Isles in game one, (laughs) that the season was on the line in game two of 56. So this is the kind of uh, overcooked media uh, narratives that you want out of a team. So I'm interested in them. Yeah, it's the New York market. The Islanders, uh, they actually came within a few wins of going to the Stanley Cup final last year. Yeah, they Uh, were pretty good. (laughs) They had a great playoff run. They were not as great. They were kind of a, just a 500 team during the regular season, uh, and and were not necessarily considered one of the um, one of the true contenders. But uh, this is hockey. The, the the great thing about that is it's a little like March Madness, where there's always some Cinderella team that gets hot at exactly the right time and makes their way through the playoffs. Even in a playoff last year, where Tampa the expected team ended up winning. Uh, you, you still had some, some underdog stories, which is nice. So, you know, I, I, it remains to be seen if they'll kind of build on that right now they're above 500, you know, they'll take it, uh, for the moment. Uh, and then you have, uh, the Sabres, which, uh, are not doing quite as well as the Buffalo football team, uh, is doing right now. Uh, they're in the basement of, of the East division. And, you know, I, they've been kind of trying to build something there for a while around this guy, Jack Eichel. He was um, the second overall pick in the draft that Connor McDavid of Edmonton went number one. And, uh, you know, kind of a generational prospect type of guy. And they've been trying to build around him with sort of mixed results. They picked up uh, former uh, NHL MVP Taylor Hall uh, over the offseason this year. And he's been playing really well. He's got five points in four games. So, 
uh, you know, the Eichel Hall connection might be worth something to them, you know, offensively. And if they can get some uh, goaltending, they could be interesting. But it's a stacked division and they are in last place. And then, of course, we have to talk about the New Jersey Devils. They've been one of the worst teams in the league the past few years also. But right now they're 2-0-1 to start the season. And uh, hope springs eternal for all those um those New Jersey fans. I think I think that's every team. I think we got every team in the yeah, East. But I think right. the East stack division, like I was saying, that um, they they have all these kind of name teams, and then even outside the teams that you expect to be good from the past few years. They have some intriguing teams that have like young players that could make the leap, like the Rangers, uh, like the uh, like the the Sabers, uh, also. So it, it's going to be a tough competition. And remember, the top only the top four in each of these divisions makes the playoffs. Right, uh, and then only the one from those top four moves on. So correct, yeah. What uh, when they when they meet in sort of like a knockout. Uh, style bracket to decide the the final four of hockey which yeah. is definitely what they should call it this year absolutely i yeah that's just that's just branding take this that's a free one that's a and free that's not one. taken yeah it's not taken by anyone else um so this next division though is the one that i think uh all all true hockey fans are excited about and that's the north the division west. oh okay sorry yeah got that one wrong <laughs> the, the west not not quite as much but we'll, we'll talk about them the north is the all canada division i don't know why they didn't just call it the canadian division but um everyone <laughs> didn't want to highlight the fact that there was borderline secession going on in the nhl that is true. Yeah, no, I they didn't want to be like part of it, and I've been very excited by it. Yeah, uh, right, exactly. Because those Canadian teams, I mean, they're they're upset. They feel like they haven't been seen in a long time. The, there's a lot of tension simmering, and and so um, the the things could get explosive there. The the team that I hesitate to call the favorites going into the season because they are who they are are the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs because that is a team that has spent a very long time squandering a lot of talent and never quite delivering on their promise. They are the only got scored on by Edmonton, which I am also now watching out in the corner. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, I told you that NBC SN, um, I might be a little lagged because, uh, Oh no, they're down one, nothing. I got it. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not that lagged. Sorry. (laughs) I'm lagged. Uh, but yeah, the, the Leafs have, uh, they're the only original six team to not win the cup since the league expanded past the original six, which was in 1967. So they are the, they're almost the New York Knicks. I've made this comparison before in, in hockey They're they're in a huge market. They're a beloved team. They sell out all their games back when having fans in the arena was a thing. And yet also, just never win and find uh, spectacular ways to sort of choke away leads or, you know, disappoint or let their talent sort of squander. So I mean, it's another chance this the year. Ownership is the ownership problem. And at least nothing else in hockey has that same ownership problem that the Knicks has. Right. Well, you oh, know, it's interesting. Your new favorite team is actually owned by the same owner as the Knicks. You're just lucky that he oh, doesn't God. care about hockey. And therefore does does no meddling. What have I done? It's like the uh, eye of Sauron is is upon the Knicks at all times, and so it's been distracted from the comparative hobbit that is the the Rangers. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. I lived in Jersey for many years. I could have been Devils. I lived in I lived in the DC area for a while. I could have been Cavs. I, could, I lived I live in Queens. I'm on the island. I could be not, but I picked I picked yeah. my team. I got them. Yeah, you We're picked good. the Dolan team. Uh, yes. But so the Leafs. Uh, 
they they used to have a bad owner in the in the eighties and nineties. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's what's holding them back now. I think it's really just more they're cursed. No, I'm joking. They, sure. I think eventually one of these years they'll turn around. This might be the year. They of course are brimming with a ridiculous amount of talent. They've got Austin Matthews. That's a name to know. Uh, uh, an American player from Arizona of all places. Um, really one of the first wave of these players that grew up in non-traditional hockey markets that have become not just NHL caliber players, but one of the best players in the league uh, and still quite young also. So uh, he's somebody to watch. They have a bunch of young guys uh, on that team. They also have an extremely old guy named Joe Thornton, who was on the Bruins and then later on the Sharks. And he has wanted a Stanley Cup. This is his chance to get one at age 41. So we'll see if he can do that. This being the Leafs, I wouldn't bet on it. But uh, they they are in the first place in the North Division right now. They're 3-1. and one. So... You know, hope springs eternal for the Leafs uh, and and their fans, and so uh, I, I'm I don't know that I would say I'm rooting for them, but I'm definitely uh, in, interested in how they're doing. I'm also interested in the Jets and the Oilers, uh, a couple of other teams that have talent. Uh, at least if the Jets don't trade away uh, one of their best players in a contract dispute, but we'll see how that works out for them. Um, uh, I also just have a soft spot for Winnipeg. Uh, I I think it's fun that they got a team uh, back after not having one for a long time. And um, the, uh, the Oilers, of course, are led by McDavid, who is really kind of the you know, the, the Gretzky of this era or, you know, the, yeah, no, I mean, he, he's the next one, you know, I mean, if Sidney Crosby is the, the previous generation or sort of at the end of tail end of his time as like the best in the game, uh, then, you know, McDavid is generally accepted as kind of the next guy to take that mantle, uh, and, and carry that torch. Uh, but the, the Oilers really haven't done that much with him. And that's sort of a frustrating aspect about them, uh, is that they have him and they have this guy, Leon Dreisaitl, who I think led the league in, in scoring was the MVP last year. Uh, so they have two like elite level players and they really haven't been able to do that much with them. So we'll see, uh, right now they're, they are leading the, the Leafs, as you mentioned. Um, and in the early going this season, they haven't been great. They're one and three. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is the start of a turnaround for them. It's too early to overreact to it, but they have a history of sort of not living up to the expectations that you would think from those players. And, and the rest of this division has a lot of really solid teams, the Canadians, the flames, the Canucks. Uh, those are all pretty good teams. Uh, Calgary and Montreal have actually started out quite well. They're, they're two Oh and one in their first three games. Um, and the senators who I thought would be also in that conversation with the red wings, uh, and, and the Blackhawks as the worst teams in the league, they're one, one and one right now. So they, they, uh, are, are holding their own in the early going better record than Edmonton or Vancouver. But, um, again, other teams I think of. Yeah. Yes. So those are all of your Canadian teams to think about. Do you have a Canadian favorite? Do I have a Canadian favorite? Uh, so the answer is at times, yes. I mean, I work in the media in New York City, and so therefore all of my friends are Canadian. And so uh, I think that I, I, I'm rooting for the Leafs. I'm hoping for good things for them. Uh, I had a nice time last time I was in Montreal. Gotta love the Habs. Uh, and, hey, there you go. Yeah. 
I know that. That's a fun one. Uh, hey, the Habs. Yeah, yeah, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, what is going on with this? It rules. Is that H, this, is that like the CH on their logo? Like, we, we don't really know. Um, Isn't it the Habitants or something? Yeah, they're, it's French. Yeah. Uh, it's some French uh, so. things, great. And yeah, fan of ever, yeah, well, if you ever go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is in Toronto, but they have a reconstruction of the uh, the Montreal Canadiens locker room from the 1950s with uh, uh, Maurice Richard and a, a lot of legends. Um, and they have all their stuff, their old timey skates and jerseys and everything kind of laid out as, exactly as it was. Yeah, I would I mean, the Hockey Hall of Fame, if you ever have a chance to go in Toronto, I think it's a, an amazing experience just to like walk around and, and see the history of the game. So yeah. that's that would be my plug. <laughs> this episode is sponsored conceptually by the, by by the Hockey, Hockey Hall of Fame. Fame. Yes. Uh, and specifically by the 1956 Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. Uh, okay. So the last division to talk about is the, the West week. Division. Uh, and that one's kind of top heavy. I think um, you have some, some really good teams at the top. Colorado Avalanche, that's the team that was sort of the consensus pick to be the Stanley Cup champs going into the season. Obviously, uh, uh, Tampa Bay was the defending champs, but they lost their best player for at least the regular season for, to an injury. I probably should have mentioned that earlier, Nikita Kucherov. Uh, and so that opened up the door for uh, Colorado to be the preseason favorites. They're a team that have a lot of really young, dynamic players. A guy named Kale McCarr. That's a great hockey well, name. Uh, a uh, defenseman. Yeah, he's named after Tom Brady's uh, favorite food group. Um, no, I'm telling you, vegetable, <laughs> Mick, and then mechanical item. That's a great hockey name generator. Yeah, you know? it's. It's amazing. You we, you should actually program that. We should, as a service, well, we should uh, have uh, the listeners aggregate <laughs> aggregate their favorite um, hockey names and send them to us. Um, they also have Nathan McKinnon, who's another outstanding player, uh, like a world class. You know, almost uh, really kind of in that McDavid Crosby conversation. Uh, and so, uh, in the early start to the season so far, they've been. Pretty good. They're two one and zero, oh, uh, and they uh, routed the St. Louis Blues, who were the champions from 2019. And the next team I'll talk about, they beat them eight to nothing uh, in their second game of the season. Of course, they lost to them in the first game of the season, but uh, I think we were all impressed by seeing Colorado at their full potential. The Blues also a really good team. You know, the type of team that uh, you would not expect to lose eight nothing. So it really says something when the Avalanche beat them like that, uh, and they're. Uh, you know, still hanging on to the core, mostly of the team that won the cup a few years ago. Uh, still look really good on paper. The Vegas Golden Knights, uh, another team that, you know, is stacked with talent uh, perennially. I don't know if this is because also they play in Vegas. I'm a little suspicious sometimes that the Vegas books are overinflating a Vegas team, but uh, they famously almost won the championship their first year of existence a few years ago, that. which is that wild. Was I watched their like unveiling because it was just like a good, neat thing. And Vegas was clearly ecstatic about it. And then like also wasn't there the thing that they found? And obviously, I don't know if it's happening now, but like like didn't Miami and New York always sometimes have a little bit of an edge because they're fun towns to party in the, the night before games? <laughs> yeah, well, that was yeah, that was one of the theories was because uh, Vegas had such a great home record uh, that year that uh, people were getting the Vegas flu. <laughs> when they came to town yeah. um but that and and can cause serious complications for years to come <laughs> yes uh and and you know they're 
I think their motto now is more than just uh, the team that beats teams that stayed up all night gambling. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see now how much that home advantage really persists with the with the pandemic. Um, you know, keeping fans out of the arena, but at the same time, they have a lot of good players uh, on on the roster, uh, and they've started the season in first place in that division. They have not lost a game yet. They're three zero and zero. So yeah, hot start for them. So those are three really good teams. I'm interested in the Arizona Coyotes. This is a team that um, famously is sort of the analytics darling team, or at least they they have been in the past. Um, as sort of they they hired, yeah, sort of yeah. They hired uh, this this uh, analytics expert kind of GM uh, guy, youngest GM I think in the league uh, at the time, may still be, and you know they haven't quite uh put together a run with with that yet but uh i think they're an interesting team at least to watch uh if you're looking for a, a dark horse team out of the west division um and, and then there's some teams that you know i don't think the minnesota wild are an interesting team but they're also i i thought that they were a little bit um uh they they had lost a lot of talent over the past uh few years uh but they've started the year two one and oh so maybe there's enough there for them to make some noise uh and then you have some pretty outright bad teams the bottom of the division the anaheim ducks the san jose sharks and the la kings uh the kings and sharks in particular teams that were really good maybe like five years ago uh, five six years ago and they're kind of coming down off of that it's the same syndrome that we saw from some of these other teams they're rebuilding which you know maybe is the 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 first step toward uh the next dynasty for for a team like that i know uh i don't obviously like i live in the east and so i don't have a ton of experience with these but like the golden knights were fun to watch for a while and then the uh the coyotes are recognized because didn't one of their like defenders get elected to the all-star game who was a goon yeah, yeah, he was a goon. Yes, uh, uh, John. Um, let's. I, I cannot believe that I'm uh, blanking on the um, the name. John Scott. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Scott made the made the All Star game, and I think he scored a goal in the All Star game. Like, yeah. I, I know. Very fun. That was like a Reddit thing that I saw. Like that's how it got into my world. But I was like, that's charming, and I enjoy it. <laughs> like, and and he should be the patron saint of this podcast. Yes. Absolutely. So again, this podcast is called Two Goons. Uh, I have seen the documentary myself. Uh, and yeah, it's goon. Uh, couple, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I would say that the goal is kind of like navigating, like somewhat for beginners, somewhat for people who are like interested in in, in what's going on this season, and uh, and also just being kind of dumb and silly and talking about about the sport that many people I've found enjoy. And like, you know, you, you just unearth a, a work slack and there's a lot of people in there. A lot of my friends at college randomly liked it. It's good. I'm happy that I'm, I'm discovering this because again, the, the football season is coming to an end and, and the Giants football season came to an end very long ago. <laughs> very, very long ago. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one did not last as long as perhaps, uh, you know, and the, and Philly had something to do with that. I, I, you know, I think that, um, that, that moment will not be forgotten by either team for a long time. I, I was I was a little more sanguine about it. Like my brother was very mad about it, but at the same time, I was like, "Did Philly have something to do with that?" It really was that problem with us. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if you're not six and ten, you you maybe aren't in that position to begin with. Yeah. But at the same really time, so wow, <laughs> that was that was a harsh harsh way to end it. Um, but yeah, so do you feel more like a hockey guy? I do, and now I want to uh, go for our. <laughs> 
Wow. Weird rule of the week. Uh, yeah, wow. so, so, I know. <laughs> There's just you know, Walt button. is doing this in real time. I just want everyone to know this is not that was not added in post. That was added I'm, in real time. Organist. No, uh, yeah, but there's a button that I press and, and fun things happen inside Zencaster. Um, but yeah, so I think you uh, should have an organ. I think you should actually have a keyboard in front of you and and, and play. I'm in friggin' food. eleven month of quarantine. I'm losing my mind. I need a new hobby. I thought it was gonna be hockey. Maybe I'm just gonna take up the organ though, and maybe my, organ. Maybe Michael leaves me as a result, but we come away with a new hobby. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, life is about trade offs. All that trade-offs. Um, so the weird rule of the week, and I, basically the weird rule of the week is I'm going to see something happen in hockey, and I'm not going to precisely understand it, and I'm not going to Google it. I'm just going to talk to you about it. And so two Sounds things good. happen this week. So you actually get, as we kick off on our inaugural episode, uh, again, coming in on minute 48, so which one you think you can handle. Um, one thing that was weird that happened was that there was an offside because a goal happened against the team that I like, and then a coach was like, bullshit offside and was not really aware of what sides were. I know that there's a rule in soccer and I understand it once every four years. And then a year after that for the women's cup, but I do not understand what offsides is. The second one is somebody called a penalty for icing. And that one was that there's, there's no ice in other sports. So I have no idea what was going on with that one. So can you tell me what is an icing and what is a, just pick which one you want. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll start with icing. So that is when you're on the wrong side of the center line, the red line in the center of the ice, and you shoot it all the way down to the other end of the rink. And the uh, there's a very it, it, there's a uh, a provision that allows you to go try to chase it down. And if you get to it before the other team does, it doesn't. It's not an icing. But in general, the idea is if you're on your side of the red line and you shoot it all the way down to the end past the the goal, what's called the goal line, which is the the line that goes through the um, crease, that red line uh, th- that goes through the net area, but also extends all the way out to the boards on the sides. Uh, if you do that, then it's icing. And the general idea there is they don't want people uh, to be able to just if they're you know, being overwhelmed in their own zone to just shoot the puck down to the other end and make the other team fetch it because you would just do that constantly. So, uh, after that, you have to actually take a face off in your own zone, which is not a good thing that you want to do. It's not conducive to winning. Uh, and you are also not allowed to change lines after uh, doing that. So it's, it's really just designed so to you can't heavily discourage you. What's that? Like were people like using it as like a fake timeout kind of thing? Yeah, or just to sort of say like if you were um, if you're about to give up a goal and you're totally gassed and you're just being you know dominated in your own zone to sort of flip it up over the heads of the uh, defenders and shoot it down to the other end uh, just to kind of get them off your back for a second uh, and they're like no you're playing like crap. You deserve to have this happen to you, so you don't get to change out your gassed players, your your exhausted players, and you have to take a face off in your own end. Now, fun fact: during penalties, uh, the icing rule is turned off for the uh, the the team that's down a man, so you can ice uh, 
as much as you want, which is why you see teams they're they're very desperate to the offensive team is desperate to keep it in the zone when they're um on on a, a power play, and the uh, penalty killing team is desperate to just get it down to the other end. But if it weren't for the icing rule at even strength, they would do that all the time. And it would be very unwatchable because it would just be one team shooting it down to the other end and then the other team having to go fetch it. And then, you know, probably do the same thing at the, to, to the opponent. So a little like the shot clock in basketball where it's like, you got to do something with the puck. You, you can't just, you know, of shoot it almost down like other. an intentional. Now it's offside. Like, it's a penalty That's, that like often uh, take a lot of sense. But oh, go ahead. Take. It's a penalty that would make a lot of sense to take some time, but it needs to exist in order so that people don't just like avoid the sack every time, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, so if obviously you would rather ice it than give up a goal, but you, you probably are like, uh, this is a last resort uh, for us rather than like, let's make this a core defensive strategy. Yeah. All right. I like that. That th- So this has been uh weird rule of the week and part uh part one and then i guess next week we'll take up uh do you want to do offsides next week yeah we could talk about offside next week if uh if you think you can make it a whole week of watching hockey without knowing what the offside rule is i think i might roll the bones on that that sounds that sounds good i think that we've hit like 52 minutes that's a good amount of time for a first episode of throwing this out there. i think that works yeah. Um, so anything else that you want to do? So your top in each division is Lightning, is Pittsburgh, or Bruins? Bruins. Uh, I, I would have said Bruins based on the data going into the season. Uh, right now, I might shift it toward the Capitals slightly. Uh, and then you in Canada, you like the Toronto Maple Leafs. I like Toronto. In which case you would instead say Winnipeg. Is that right? <laughs> or uh, yeah, I take Winnipeg or Montreal uh, aside from the curse. Aside from the curse. But again, setting aside the curse that has haunted this organization for God knows how many years and will continue to haunt it for God only knows how much longer. Maple Leafs are looking pretty good this year. Yeah, they've okay. started the, the year well. And then in the West, it's Colorado. Yeah, Colorado or Vegas, I would say. Uh, and, and maybe St. Louis are the three teams to watch there. All right. Uh, well, I guess that kind of wraps it up for this week. We'll try to talk again next week and yeah. learn some more things about hockey. This is really yeah. fun, dude. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, for for setting all of this up. You are the co-host and producer. Yes, I am a producer. I would like to thank uh, our theme music is by the one that's for free on Zencaster. Uh, so thank you, the one that's for free on Zencaster. Uh, the the we'll band is called the Zencasters. I honestly, that's a pretty sick name for a band. Like name, right. <laughs> Um, the Benajad and, so, and the Zencasters. And so, Neil, where can people find you and your work uh, and the work that you get paid for about hockey? Because there's no check at the end of this. Yeah, they can find this at uh, find my work at 538.com. I'm also on Twitter at, at Neil underscore Payne, P A I N E. And I think we have a Twitter handle for this show. Uh, I think it's like at Goons, Goons Pod or something like that. Yeah. So we might tweet tweet out something uh through Fun. that handle. And i think that we're hosting this on a sub stack so that if you want to subscribe to it by email you can get it there but i think that we're also going to try to get into the apple store and when that does happen rate and review us positively ideally if it's negative you can just tweet the mean things at us but if it's positive you know tell the apple corporation they tend to like how that. could you forget john scott's name that type of thing yeah. uh <laughs> why doesn't uh, what offsides is he's, well, he's got hockey for two whole weeks 
Yeah, no, two whole weeks. I get like again. I have I have probably read more uh, like like gay themed web comics about hockey than I have watched hockey at this point. We're gonna hit the inflection point soon, but I would say that my my understanding of hockey has been cultural so far rather than actual the sport. And so I'm looking forward to to a really to a really fun year. <laughs> yes, uh, and and uh, I think I know the the book that you're talking about. Um, uh, is it Check Please? Fun fact: There's a surprising number of that, uh, but uh, Check Please is really good. Yeah, you should go read that if you if you don't particularly care about hockey and would like to <laughs> would like to care about hockey somewhat. But yeah, no, it's a good one. It was really nice. Uh, and then I am I write a newsletter called Numlock News. You can just Google Numlock News and find that there. And then I'm also uh, a senior editor for Data at Insider, and so you should read all the good work that we do at Insider. But yeah, and then I guess anything else you wanted to get in there at the end. No, I, th- I think we're good. I think we're going to watch the end of this uh, Edmonton-Toronto game and see if the Leafs can uh, can make another comeback. I bet that they make a comeback. I think that this curse that you've been talking about is overrated. And I'm putting that onto record, so uh, either way. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, hang out. See you guys next week. All right. Yeah, that was fun.